The Secret Garden by Francis Hodgson Burnett Read by Celestior Little Miss Mary Nobody seemed to care about Mary. She was born in India, where her father was a British official. He was busy with his work, and her mother, who was very beautiful, spent all her time going to parties. So an Indian woman, Kamala, had paid, was paid, to take care of the little girl. Mary was not a pretty child. She had a thin, angry face and a thin, yellow hair. She was always giving orders to Kamala, who had to obey. Mary never thought of other people, but only of herself. In fact, she was a selfish, disagreeable, bad-tempered little girl one hot morning. One hot, one very hot morning, when she was about nine years old, she woke up and saw that instead of Kalmala, there was a different Indian servant by her bed. Where are you? What are you doing here? She asked crossly. Go away. And when Kamala... Go away and send Kamala to me at once. The woman looked afraid. I'm sorry, Miss Mary. She, she can't come. Something very strange was happening that day. Some of the house servants were missing, and everybody looked frightened, but nobody told Mary anything, and Kamala still did not come. So at last, Mary went out into the garden and played by herself under a tree. She pretended she was making her own flower garden and picked large red flowers to push into the ground. All the time she was saying crossly to herself, I hate Kamala. I'll, I'll hit her when she gets back. Just then, she saw her mother coming into the garden with a young Englishman. They did not notice the child who listened to their conversation. Her mother asked the young man in a worried voice. It's very bad, isn't it? Very bad, he answered seriously. People are dying like flies. It's dangerous to stay in this town. You should go to the hills where there is no disease. Oh, I know, 
she cried. We must leave soon. Suddenly, they heard loud cries coming from the servants' rooms, at the side of the house. What happened? cried Mary's mother wildly. I think one of your servants has just died. You didn't tell me the disease is here in your house. I didn't know, she screamed. Quick, come with me. And together they ran into the house. Now Mary understood what was wrong. The terrible disease had already killed many people in the town, and all the houses. People were dying. In Mary's house, it was Kamala who had just died. Later that day, three more servants died there. All through the night and the next day, people ran in and out of the house, shouting and crying. Nobody thought of Mary. She hid in her bedroom, frightened by the strange and terrible sounds that she heard around her, and sometimes she cried, and sometimes she slept. When she woke the next day, the house was silent. She thought, perhaps the disease has gone, and everybody is well again. I wonder who will take care of me instead of Kamala. Why doesn't somebody bring me some food? It's strange. The house is so quiet. But just then she heard men's voices in the hall. How sad," said one of them. "That beautiful woman. There was a child too, wasn't there?" said the other one. Although none of us ever saw her, Mary was standing in the middle of her room when they opened the door. A few minutes later, the two men jumped back in surprise. "My name is Mary Lennox. I was asleep when everyone was ill, and now I'm hungry. It's the child, the one nobody ever saw," said the other man to the other. They've all forgotten her. Why, why was I forgotten? Asked Mary angrily. Why has nobody come to take care of me? The younger man looked at her, very sadly. Poor child, he said. You see, there's nobody left alive in the house, so nobody. Can come. In this strange and sudden way, Mary learnt that both her mother and her father had died. The few servants who had not died had run away in the night, so no one had remembered. Little Miss Mary, she was all alone.
because she had never known her parents well, she did not miss them at all. She only thought of herself, as she had always done. Where would I live? She wondered. I hope I'll stay with people who'll let me do what I want. At first, she was taken to an English family, who had known her parents. She hated their untidy house and noisy children, and preferred playing by herself in the garden. One day, she was playing her favorite game, pretending to make a garden. When one of the children, Basil, offered to help, "Go away!" cried Mary. "I don't want your help." For a moment, Basil looked angry, and then he began to laugh. He danced round and round Mary and sang a funny little song about Miss Mary and her stupid flowers. This made Mary very cross indeed. No one had ever laughed at her so unkindly. You're going home soon," said Basil, "and we're all very pleased you're leaving." "I'm pleased too," replied Mary. "But where's home? You're stupid if you don't know that," laughed Basil. "England, of course. You're going to live with your uncle, Mister Archibald Craven." I've never heard of him," said Mary coldly. "But I know about him because I heard father and mother talking," said Basil. "He lives in a big, lonely old house and has no friends because he's so bad-tempered. He's got a crooked back and he's horrid." I don't believe you," cried Mary. But the next day, Basil's parents explained that she was going to live with her uncle in Yorkshire, in the north of England. Mary looked bored and cross and said nothing. After the long sea journey, she was met in London by Mr. Craven's housekeeper, Mrs. Medlock. Together, they traveled north by train. Mrs. Medlock was a large woman with a very red face and bright black eyes. She did not like Mary. Did not like her, but. That was not surprising because she did not usually like people. Miss Medlock did not like Mary either. What a disagreeable child! Thought the housekeeper. But perhaps I should talk to her. She said out loud, "I can tell you a bit about your uncle if you like. 
He lives in a big old house, a long way from anywhere. There are nearly a hundred rooms, but often most of them are shut and locked. There's a big park round the house, and all kinds of gardens. Well, what do you think of that? Nothing," replied Mary. "It doesn't matter to me." Miss Medlock laughed. "You're a hard little child." Well, if you don't care, Mister Craven doesn't either. He never spends time on anyone. He's got a crooked back, you see, and although he's always been rich, he was never really happy until. He married, married," repeated Mary in surprise. "Yes, he married a sweet, pretty girl, and she loved. He loved her deeply. So when she died, oh, did she die?" asked Mary, interested. "Yes, she did. And now he doesn't care." About anyone, if he's home at all, he stays in his room and sees nobody. He wants—he won't want to see you, so you must stay out of his way and do what you're told. Mary stared out of the train window at the gray sky and the train. She was not looking forward to life at her uncle's house. The train journey lasted all day, and it was dark when they arrived at the station. Then there was a long drive to get to the house. Oh, it was a cold, windy night. And it was raining heavily. After a while, Mary began to hear a strange, wild noise. She looked out of the window, but could see nothing except the darkness. What's that noise? She asked Miss Medlock. It's, it's not the sea, is it? Oh no, that's the moor. It's the sound of the wind makes blowing across the moor. What is a moor? Oh, it's just miles and miles of wild land, with no trees or houses. Your uncle's house is right on the edge of the moor. Mary listened to the strange, frightening sound. I don't like it, she thought. I don't. I don't like it. And she looked more disagreeable than ever.
Chapter 2 Mary in Yorkshire They arrived at a very large old house. It looked dark and unfriendly from the outside. Inside, Mary looked around the big shadowy hall and felt very small and lost. They went upstairs, straight upstairs. Mary was shown to a room where there was a warm fire and food on the table. This is your room. Said Mrs. Medlock, "Go to bed. When you've had some supper, and remember, you must stay in your room. Mister Craven does not like and want you to wander all over the house." When Mary woke up the next morning, she saw a young servant girl cleaning the fireplace. The room seemed dark and rather strange, with pictures of dogs and horses and ladies on the walls. It was not a children's room at all. From the window, she could not see any trees or houses. Only wild land, which looked like a kind of purple sea. Who are you? She asked the servant coldly. Mata, miss, answered the girl with a smile. What's that outside? Mary continued. Oh, that's the moor. Do you like it? No, replied Mary immediately. I hate it. Oh, that's because you don't know it. You will like it. I love it. It's lovely in spring and summer when there are flowers. It always smells so sweet, and the air so fresh, and the birds sing so beautifully. I never want to leave the moor. Mary was feeling very bad-tempered. "You're a strange servant," she said. "In India, we don't have conversations with servants. We give orders, and they obey, and that's that." Mary. Martha did not seem to mind Mary's crossness. Oh, I know I talk too much. She laughed. Are you going to be my servant? Asked Mary. Well, not not really. I work for Mrs. Medlock. I'm going to clean your room and bring you your food. But you won't need a servant except for those things. But who's gonna dress me? Martha stopped cleaning, and stared at Mary.
thou cannot dress thyself? She asked, shocked. What do you mean? I don't understand your language. Oh, I forgot. We all speak the Yorkshire dialect here. But of course, you don't understand. I mean to say, can't you put on your own clothes? Of course not. My servant always used to dress me. Well, I think you should learn to dress yourself. My mother always says people should be able to take care of themselves, even if they're rich and important. Little Miss Mary was furious with Martha. It's different in India, where I'm come from. You don't know anything about India, or about servants, or about anything. You, you. She could not explain what she meant. Suddenly, she felt very confused and lonely. She threw herself down on the bed and started crying wildly. Now, now, don't cry like that," Martha said gently. "I'm very sorry. You're right. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> Please stop crying, Miss." She sounded kind and friendly, and Mary began to feel better, and soon stopped crying. Martha went on talking as she finished her cleaning, but Mary looked out of the window in a bored way and pretended not to listen. I've got eleven brothers and sisters, you know, Miss. There's not much money in our house, and they all eat so much food. Mother always says it's good fresh air in the moor that makes them so hungry. My brother Dixon. I'm sorry. We call him Dickon. He's always out on the moor. He's twelve, you know. He's got a horse, which he rides sometimes. Where did he get it? Asked Mary. She had always wanted an animal of her own, and so she began to feel a little interest in Dickon. Oh, it's a wild horse, but. He's a kind boy, and animals like him. You see. Now you must have your breakfast, Miss. Here it is on the table. I don't want it. I'm not hungry. What? My little brothers and sisters would eat all of it in five minutes. Why? Asked Mary coldly. Because they don't get enough to eat. That's why, and they're always hungry. You're very lucky to have the food, Miss. Mary said nothing, but she drank some tea, and ate a little bread. 
Now put on a coat and run outside and play," said Martha. "I'll do. It'll do you good to be in the fresh air." Mary looked out of the window at the cold gray sky. "Why should I go out on a day like this?" she asked. "Well, there's nothing to play with indoors, is there?" Mary realized Martha was right. But who will go with me? She asked. Martha stared at her. Nobody. You'll have to learn to play by yourself. Dixon plays by himself on the moors for hours, with the wild birds and the sheep and the other animals. And she looked away for a moment. Perhaps. I shouldn't tell you this, but. But one of the walled gardens is locked up. Nobody's been in it for ye- ten years. It was Mrs. Craven's garden, and when she died so suddenly, Mr. Craven locked it and buried the key. Oh, I must go! I heard Mrs. Medlock's bell ringing for me. And so Mary went downstairs, and wandered through the great, empty gardens. Many of the fruit and vegetable gardens had walls around them, but there were no locked doors. She saw an old man digging in one of the vegetable gardens, but he looked cross and unfriendly. So she walked on. How ugly it all looks in winter," she thought. But what a mystery the locked garden is! Why did my uncle bury the key? If he loved his wife so, why did he hate her garden? Perhaps I'll never know. I don't suppose I'll like him if I ever met him. He won't like me. So, I won't be able to ask him. 
Just then, she noticed a robin singing to her from a tree on the other side of the wall. I think that's the tree in the secret garden, she told herself. There's an extra wall here, and there's no way in. She went back to the, where the gardener was digging, and spoke to him. At first, he answered in a very bad-tempered way. But suddenly, the robin flew down near them, and the old man began to smile. He looked a different person altogether then, and Mary thought how much nicer people looked when they smile. The gardener spoke gently. Just then, she noticed a robin. The gardener spoke gently to the robin. And the pretty little bird hopped on the ground near them. He's my friend. He is. There aren't any other robins in the garden, so he's a bit lonely. He spoke in Yorkshire dialect, so Mary had to listen carefully to understand him. She looked very hard at the robin. I'm lonely too, she said. She had not realized this before. She asked the gardener, "What's your name?" Ben Weatherstaff. I'm lonely myself. The robin's my only friend, you see. I haven't got any friends at all," said Mary. Yorkshire people always say what they're thinking, and Old Ben is a Yorkshire moor man. We're like you and me," he told Mary. "We're not pretty to look at, and..." We're both very disagreeable. Nobody had ever said this to Mary before. Am I really as ugly and disagreeable as Ben? She wondered. Suddenly, the robin flew to a tree near Mary, and started singing to her. Ben laughed out loudly. Well, he wants to be your friend. Oh. Would you please be my friend? She whispered to the robin. She spoke in a soft, quiet voice, and Old Ben looked at her in surprise. You said that really nicely, he said. You sound like a dickon when he talks to animals on the moor. Do you know dickon? Asked Mary. But just then. The robin flew away. Oh look, he's flown into the garden with no door. Oh please, Ben, how can I get into it? Ben stopped smiling and picked up his spade. You can't, and that's that. It's not your business. 
Nobody can find the door. Run away and play, will you? I must get back to my work. And he walked away. He didn't even say goodbye. In the next few days, Mary spent almost all her time in the gardens. The fresh air from the moor made her hungry, and she was becoming stronger and healthier. One day, she noticed the robin again. He was atop of a wall, singing to her, "Good morning." Isn't it fun? Come this way," he seemed to say, as he hopped along the wall. Mary began to laugh as she danced along beside him. "I know the secret gardens on the other side of this wall," she thought. Excitedly, and the robin lives there. But where's the door?